Hey, listeners. Oh my god, this is off to a fantastic start. I don't know if I should start it over or just wait for him to come back, but if you're hearing this, Jesus Christ, maybe I'll cut this out. If I was a good editor, I would. Ah, it's good to be back. <laughs> I don't I know whether to leave that part in or no. Well, it's okay. Here, well, you'll, I'll let you decide after I do the originally planned intro, okay. which is to say, hi, listeners, we're back. Sorry about the week off. But uh, if it makes you feel any better, I'm really enjoying sobriety. <laughs> uh, for those of you that aren't me, <clears throat> um, Matt just chugged, I believe, some cough syrup. It's okay. It's mostly Sprite. Um, <laughs> 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 no, look, I'm coming down with a cold. I actually needed to drink the cold medicine. And there was basically enough in there that I was like, well, hang on now. This would be a good bit. This is um, very funny. Man, that is disgusting. Um, it's just bad. Yeah. Uh, anyway, hi everybody, we're back. Um, my mom greatly, or my aunt, I think, greatly misread my vibes, and so for oh. Christmas, I got a floral Stanley cup. Yes. Hang on, did we discuss? Have we already discussed the Stanley cup that I got as well? No, you got one too. Dude, while I was out in Utah, Nick and Dylan's mom gave me one, and this is a direct quote. So I could truly appreciate Utah culture. Um, she is so cool. Um, but no, yes, yeah, so I have a blue Stanley cup, actually. And I hate to admit it, it's a great cup. This is like a knockoff one, and I haven't tried it yet. But it seems pretty well insulated. Yeah, no, this, to it. this one is fantastic. I have had to begrudgingly admit, yeah, they're onto something, dude. Um, I know, I didn't want it to be true. Me neither. Um, hang on. The, uh, cold medicine is begun to take <laughs> at the base of my brain. Um, or wherever it does that. Um. Oh, so maybe I should address some page. But uh, two t- times Richmond's North of Richmond has been brought up in my life since the Patreon episode. I am, yeah, I am a huge fan of the, the text that I read. Can I read this text? Yes. On a- <laughs> So, for the listeners at home, we had discussed rich men north of Richmond on the Patreon. I think we, had, I think it was a good episode. That was a, that was. was a solid discussion. Um, but that was what two weeks ago now. Mm-hmm. Yesterday at 4:22 p.m., I receive a text from Jillian on Discord. I'm mad about that stupid song again. Yeah, <laughs> I am. Yeah. Yep, me too. My professor it, was using like the Billboard Top 10. As, like, an oh. example that, like, Freud is still somewhat relevant today because he boiled us all down to sex and aggression and everything on the top ten is sex and aggression. Okay, but look, that's an easy shot to call. Hang on now. Um, that, you can't say Freud's right about everything because he got that one. No, that's a really he didn't say he picture. was right about everything. He said that some of his work was still relevant. Oh, okay, sorry. I thought you said that he was right. I was like, well, hang on now. Hang on now. No, 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 no. Yeah, we had to, like, I make arguments for why, like, Adler and Kohut and all of them were, like, still slightly relevant. Yeah. Erickson. Unfortunately, yeah. Freud really is the easiest one to make that argument for, huh? I think Erickson and Adler are easier because Erickson did like the stages. Yeah. And not like the weird psychosexual ones. Yeah, like he did like stages that like broadly could maybe map onto reality. Um, Yeah, exactly. Like as a child, you're learning how to trust people. As an elder, you might be sad. 
Yeah, I remember Erickson. I, I kind of liked his stages. Like, they were definitely, like, too rigid, but yeah. I don't know. I, I think I just like a list. That's the one that I argued for, is I was, I said that, and then I was like, but I think that because of the new psychological term, emerging adulthood, it kind of throws off the stages a little bit, because yeah. no one knows what they want to do by the time they're 18. Yeah. Yeah, we're all like... <laughs> and then Adler know. was like... uh superiority and inferiority complexes is basically what Adler came up with so yeah but um, Richmond north of Richmond he was and he was like yeah this one is obviously angry because it's about like class stuff and I was like if you only knew and then one uh, girl in my <laughs> class was like have you heard that song and I was like oh yes and she goes how do you feel about it and I was like it takes me approximately an hour and 15 minutes to explain how I feel about that <laughs> I don't think we need that I will direct your attention to the Doug Zones Patreon. Um, yes. You go, please listen to just that episode and then unsubscribe immediately. Yes. Um, or stay yes. subscribed. Just listen to that episode, though. Please I'll do not listen. I'll send you a MP3 file with the name Scrubs, yeah. and I want you to listen to that. And ignore everything we say except for our talk yeah. about Richmond North. Venmo me $3, and mm-hmm. I will send you this episode. Yep, 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 yep. If someone on campus to me gave me $3 and they were like, this is for your Patreon, I think I would have a nervous breakdown. Yeah, I don't, oh, oh, that would be so upsetting. Um, that would be. It's the same as, I think I've talked about this before, right? The, um, we've, I think we've talked about the fact that I used to post Ben Garrison comics all the time. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure I've said this on, on Mike before, but I was thinking about it again because now that I'm back at school, I'm, at, I'm near the location where this occurred. The moment that I stopped posting Ben Garrison comics was when a complete stranger walked up to me while I was in line for food because I had a meal plan at the time and said, dude, I love your Ben Garrison posts. And then just kept walking. And I said, oh, no, this 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 simply cannot be allowed to happen. This was, of course, before the Doug Zone. um, And I learned my lesson and have never again made a brand by attaching myself to a person that I do not like. Um, I just simply wouldn't. I would certainly not. Speaking of a person we did not like oh the second time it was brought up was uh jay was saying that her her uh boyfriend uh listened to that song often not to put him on blast but i was like oh not to put him on blast but to put him on blast a little bit yeah it's okay he won't listen to this he won't listen to this and if he does i live in virginia so yeah don't listen to that song um listen to um Carly Rae Jepsen instead. Basically the same thing, but not racist. A guy in one of my classes was like, I just learned who, uh, what's that country artist that's really big right now named? Uh, Morgan Wallen? Yes. He was like, I just found out more about Morgan Wallen. And I was like, are you happy (laughs) about that? He was like, you know what? I think I like country music. And then my professor was like, he's going to trade his Crocs in for some boots and he's going to be listening to Zach Bryant. You just got to go one lane over. <laughs> so when he said he just found out about Morgan Wallen, does he literally just mean like he discovered him as a concept? Yes. Because when I hear someone say, I just found out about Morgan Wallen, generally what they're like referring to is him saying the N word. Yeah, the right? N word incident. Yeah. The incident, the incident. Which I went, don't listen to him. And then my group was like, why? And I was like, hmm, he says the N word. Yeah, which is a real bummer because his, like music is, his music is solid, which is... Uh, you, his fans canceled him once because yeah. he didn't come on stage. 
Yeah, it's oh, it's so I forgot all about that. You got canceled yeah, like a year after of, he said the n word for yeah. not showing up to a concert. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That is hilarious. Yeah, he did what Axl Rose does at every Guns N' Roses concert ever, and yeah. his fans are like, "This is simply unconscionable." Also, he's racist. Um. And only, said, like, some people were saying he was racist, you know? Like, yeah. it was the minority were like, um, guys, I think we're forgetting yeah. about... The majority were like, I'm racist, but he's late, and that I cannot stand. Um, <laughs> I may be racist, but I am punctual. Yeah, Don't exactly. I'll, I'll be there on time at the cross burning. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you're late. Uh, it's already on fire, dude. Like, I mean, why are you even here why, at this point? You shouldn't have come. Yeah. <laughs> Next week... We go to the synagogue. You'd better be there on time. Um, <laughs> oh, no. Terrible, terrible. Yeah. The punctual racist. The punctual, a new character. A new character. A beloved new character <laughs> from the, the Doug Zone. The beloved punctual yeah. racist. The beloved, the punctual, the racist. It's my sequel to The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Wop, wop, wop. like wearing clan, all three of them for some reason, are racist. Um, Speaking of bad and ugly, this week we watched... (laughs) (laughs) Woo! We're back. Okay. Um, This week we watched The Review Must Go On by none other than Doug Walker himself. This is technically the finale to Demo Reel. And it is also, I'm going to put my foot down and say it, the greatest work of art Doug has ever made. Yes. Is it good? No. Almost. It comes so close. It is still made by Doug Walker, and nothing can escape that fact. But, oh boy, it's almost good at times, I think. Um, and man, it says a lot about him. How do we want to go about this? Should we just should we just start recapping? Launch uh, Yes, I am trying to pull it up right now. Oh, hang on, yeah, I'll send you the link. Because um, it's weirdly hard to find. Yeah, almost as though its creator was ashamed of it. There we go. For I some got it. reason. Oh, okay. Hang on. Oh, by the way, um, Jay requested that she be on next week's episode because it might be discussing her favorite movie if we do this sequentially. Oh. Beyond Life of Timothy Green. Yes. All right. She says that she has a condition, which is we have to watch The Odd Life of Timothy Green. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. Here's what we'll do, actually. That's what we'll do. We'll make the uh, Doug's own episode. And beyond the South episode. Then. For the non-Dug Zone, we'll just do a review of The Odd Life of Timothy Green. Yeah. Uh, a movie which I'm sure I can find somewhere. Let's find out. Yeah. It's got to be somewhere, right? Unless people... Timothy, com- 2012 film. Wow, I didn't realize it was that recent. It's on Disney+. Plus. Awesome. So Easy. I will text my father and steal <laughs> my family's subscription for a little bit. Hell yeah. Just long enough to watch this movie I will not like, and then I'll go, mm-hmm. well, no more. Yep, yep, yep. Um, so, it begins with something that made me irrationally angry, which is, he puts a plastic Solo cup under the coffee maker, and presumably, it's revealed later he didn't, but makes coffee in it. Very weird. Which is a psychotic thing to do, is to put coffee, hot coffee, in an easily meltable little plastic Solo cup. Yeah, and... It's especially strange because then later on, right, it, mm-hmm. we learn that it's not a plastic Solo cup. So I don't know why he didn't just and switch the cups in between shots. Yeah, it's not coffee. And it's not the cup that he thought it was. Why don't we just switch cups? 
It's strange that the solo cup is consistent. Yeah, start with a mug. Or like one of the, <coughs> whew, sorry, one of the little paper cups. Um, yeah, like a cup that people put coffee in. Very strange. It's so hard for him to act like a human. I know. And that's part of, I think that's really the, the only reason, actually. But I won't go so far as to say that this whole thing is good. There, there's that, well, I guess there's also some weak moments of writing towards the very end. But up yes. until that point, it's very solid. Because for those of you who aren't familiar, the review must go on is not really the finale to Demo Reel. It is, in fact, a reboot of the Nostalgia Critic. Because yes. within the first five minutes, he Donnie <laughs> witnesses all of his friends disappearing. Yes. Like Rachel, our beloved racist side characters, Quinn and um, Carl, the German Carl. one, Carl. And, and Tacoma. Tacoma. Most unfortunately. All, most unfortunately, and Tacoma. All disappear. And every time someone disappears, all the characters who remain are like, who are you, what are you but talking about? Before they disappear, I want to bring up a joke that I liked the setup to, but hated the punchline to. Okay. Which was the Abraham Lincoln joke. Do you understand why I'm saying that? Please, yeah. Tell the audience. Okay, <clears throat> let me let me find the the actual words for it. Yeah. Um, but while I'm doing that, I will explain that the Abraham Lincoln joke is basically um he says, What if we do Carmen San Diego? Except uh because we're not gonna do uh sequels anymore. We're gonna do reboots. That's their that's their genius yeah. plan. Um, Brilliant. So Tacoma goes, it opens with the assassination of Abraham Lincoln, and I'm already sold. Yeah, because, I mean, what a more Carmen do you A Carmen San Diego reboot yeah. opening with the assassination of Abraham Lincoln is objectively, like, a funny Yeah, that's just little. a great, it's just a great concept. I mean, here's the thing. If someone told me that there was a Carmen San Diego movie that starts with the assassination of Abraham Lincoln... I think I'm dropping whatever I'm doing to go and see yes. that immediately. Yes, I am. It doesn't matter. But then she's like, and then Lincoln turns around and blow, blows John Willick's booth away. And, and I'm like, go, well, oh. you see, I'm not sold anymore because this is just an alternate history that happens to feature Carmen Sandiego. Yeah. This isn't a Carmen Sandiego movie that happens to feature yeah, exactly. the assassination of Abraham Lincoln, which is what I want. Because that's what I want. I want... More movies should start like National Treasure 2, Book of Secrets. Yes. Um, which famously opens with the like with the Lincoln assassination. And there's no let me tell you, Lincoln gets assassinated. <laughs> there's um, no he turns around and shoots John Willick's booth, and then oh it's no. an alternate history of what if he survived. Yeah. Weirdly enough, actually, the uh, the G National Treasure 2, their like opening of the Lincoln assassination is astonishingly well researched. Like they um they even get like the part where like how Booth's like spurs snagged on the flag, which is why he broke his ankle as he jumped from the stage. Like it's just funny as fuck. Yeah, a very funny. It's so cool that even our presidential assassins have always been losers. Like, yeah. John looks. Assassins are usually losers. Yeah, they're either losers or if they're listening right now, they're a living part of history. And you too, listener, <laughs> you can disprove this. I think that assassins aren't cool, but. I don't know. Maybe it's just because there aren't any out there now. Yeah. Who knows? Isn't it funny that Mitch McConnell keeps holding still in public? How silly is that? He really that? does. That's really silly. That's a really funny time once again for him to cut out. Just a prolonged silence about how silly killing Mitch McConnell is. That's about right. 
Welcome to the Doug Zone, folks. We really did it. My router has saved me from saying something <laughs> very illegal. Um, <laughs> it made it funny, right? Yeah, I'm like, we're just like, redacted. Okay, we're back, folks. Um, this is the government trying to suppress Matt. They're, okay. they're really trying <clears throat> to we suppress saying, you. They're trying to suppress me. Yet another conservative voice silenced by cancel culture. Um, <laughs> Calling you a conservative voice in and of itself is, wow. I love saying that. It's just so funny. Um, much like, uh, yeah, just like I, my latest thing, I've just been saying, I'm always saying this. Just sort of. I'm always saying this. It's so fun to do it. And then someone earlier today said, I'm always saying this. And I looked over at my friend and just smiled. Like, look at my influence. Look at how, it's look so at how far I have grown. Um, um, the other, there was another, uh, it's not a joke, but something that I did like about this, like, opening scene, right, is while mm-hmm. they're talking about the reboot, um, Tacoma goes, let's lean really heavily on the nostalgia critic. People will love that. Yes. And Nani goes, what? He says, oh, let's lean really heavily on nostalgia. People will love that. Like, oh, that's a clever, that's a good bit of writing there. Doug, I, nicely done. I didn't love it because I thought it was a little bit, like, obvious what it was. Admittedly, like, I'm grading on a curve. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. But, like, I hate that the first sentence, pretty much, that he says is the segue. Yeah. Like, hide it is, a little bit. They definitely should have given it a bit more time to, like, build up. Because, yeah, all of the characters are, like, gone by the fir- end of the first five minutes. Um, which is a little bit much. Uh, part, one thing that I hated was, so it basically, he's, he's like, nostalgia critic. And then he turns around and Rebecca, Rachel, is gone. Um, and slowly he tries to ask Tacoma about his other friends, and Tacoma's like, who are you talking about? And Tacoma himself disappears. Um, And then he looks up, and he's writing the script. Yeah, which, man, what a bold choice on his part. It was so bold. Yeah, we then cut to Doug Walker sitting there writing the script for the final demo reel episode, clearly struggling with inspiration. Um... I guess str- struggling to find inspiration, struggling with writer's bro- block is what I meant to say. Mm-hmm. Oof. Um, man, this uh, children's cold medicine is hitting. Um, <laughs> but um, it's just it's a very strange choice. It kind of works because he does play it very straight, which I appreciated. Yes. Like there's there's no moment during this like little opening bit of Doug Walker at the script where he goes like, um, what are you doing here? I'm like, looks at the camera. Um, what am it's I just, doing? It's being, yeah, what am that, I doing here? That reminds me of uh, some input Jay had because she was listening to this while I was doing it, which is, <laughs> this sounds like the last episode of BoJack Horseman if it was Doug. <laughs> so this episode <laughs> might be titled The View from Halfway Down, Doug the Edition. The View from Halfway Doug. Um, the View from Halfway Doug, there we go. <laughs> What am I doing here? As he's exactly. <laughs> oh, Doug, what there is, is no other What is this, a crossover episode? <laughs> Donnie, this is just your brain doing what it needs to do before it dies. Because um, <laughs> <laughs> um, he okay. does kind of meet God. Yeah, this actually is a surprise, surprising amount of parallels between this hey, and the view from halfway down. Do you think the 
BoJack Horseman riders have watched Doug Walker? I mean, I feel like they have to have seen at least at least one of the writers has seen at least one episode of the Nostalgia Critic. I don't know if they're I don't know if enough of them have for this to truly be an influence for the view from halfway down. But I do know that I will say it from now on. Um, yeah, I'm absolutely going to tell <laughs> I'm going to tell people that as well. You know, Doug Walker was inspiration for BoJack Horseman. A lot of people think he was uh, based off of, what's his name? Something Saget. Yeah, Bob Saget. Bob Saget, yeah. But actually, he was based off of Donnie Dupre, uh, a.k.a. Yeah. Doug Walker. Uh, so that, that I think is really cool. Yeah, I think it's very cool. And a little well, bit sad. He's nostalgic about horsing around. Yeah. It's in there. You just didn't see it. The pieces are all there. Sarah Lynn, Lindsay Ellis, actually. Uh, people don't know that. There's a lot. By the two names, you know? Yep. <laughs> Sarah Lindsay. Um, <laughs> Sarah Lindsay Ellis. Come on, yeah. guys. The the pieces are all there. Todd is um an original, actually. They did just make him up, uh, but everybody Todd's else. Bum reviews. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then Mr. Peanut Butter is the angry video game nerd, obviously. Uh, duh, uh, we all knew that. The most successful version. Um, uh, Diane is Rob Walker, actually. <laughs> yeah. We don't want to look too deeply into that. We one, don't. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Rob Walker, angry video game nerd slash Vic. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> this is a joke for just us, I think. Um, yeah. But all of our good bits are. Uh, Apparently the other night in uh, my school's psycho film class, which I'm not in this year, but I have been in the past. They took them to see the Barbie movie. And it hmm. genuinely upset some people. Like? Like the because, Barbie movie genuinely upset some people. Huh. Because, because they, they were like. it was too feminist. Too fem- yeah, I was going to. Which, which I'm is, like, you're a psychology major. Yeah, it's, it's also. What are you doing? They're actually probably not psychology majors. A lot of people take that class because it's free movies. Or uh, very yeah. expensive movies. But a college credit for movies. Yeah. <laughs> That is cool. The idea of like going to college so you can watch a movie without like subscribing to HBO or something. Isn't that just make, what first a, year of film school? Yeah, actually, that's a problem. Very good point. Um, <laughs> not that I would know, unfortunately. Um, mm. Well, look. So I've been working on I've been working on grad schools that I want to apply to. Maybe I'll switch tracks. Um, <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, just become a filmmaker instead. Having Doug review one of your movies, I think, would be the oh yeah culmination just, of all your work. I'm just worried that he wouldn't be a bias. He'd be he'd be a biased reviewer. You know? He would be. He would be. He'd, he'd look back. Be. Yeah, because you know, in the interviews, they'd be like, he got his start reviewing the Nostalgia Critic, and Doug would go, well, hang on now. Uh. You know that it would be like him watching the interview, and then it would zoom out. Like <laughs> it'd be the interview of you going, you know, he got a start from the Nostalgia Critic, and then it'll zoom out, and it'll be Doug watching it. Yeah. And just holding his gun. Um, yeah. <laughs> he shoots the TV like in Taxi Driver. Um, Hell yeah. Man, Doug in Taxi Driver, what a chilling thought. Um, I want him wearing the Donnie Dupre hat while in Taxi Driver. I think that that's ooh, important. Okay. I didn't realize you didn't like these movies. I'm sorry. <laughs> I see couples in here all the time. Um, <laughs> As Lindsay Ellis is storming out of the theater. Um, oh, oh, that's good. Um, so he basically, the odd life of Timothy Green gets shipped to him on accident. 
Yeah, what was the, the one actually? It was like Fairly Odd Parents or something. The MacGuffin, The Odd Life of Timothy Green. Yeah. Um. So he's like, "Well, I have this. What am I gonna do with it?" And then I may like, as well watch it. Maybe. This is so bad. And then he starts talking like the nostalgia critic, right? Yeah. Which we're a little bit of Dougception here. We're on one level of Doug being the nostalgia critic, but this is Doug being the nostalgia critic being the nostalgia critic. Yeah. It's yes. It's very strange. Um, but he starts talking almost uh Transformers episode-esque. Yeah, very like about- quickly, excitedly complaining. Yes, which I it's think like, might have been a good artistic choice. It's like it's his renewed passion like it was in the very beginning. Yeah. No, so like if that said, was he made some good choices. That is good. And then, This might be the most positive uh, oh, Doug yeah. review that we've ever had. That's okay. Yes. As I said, I think it's his best work of art. I don't think it's good, but I think it is his best. Um, mm-hmm. So we're, yeah. I'm going to be giving Doug what, credit where it's, it's due. Uh, the Wall? It's, yeah, it's, it's nothing like The Wall. Um, you know, nothing can quite reach that level. Because, you know, that The Wall, I can't praise on its own merits since it's such a love letter to the original. You know, like, I mean, that's... Yeah, you're right, you're right. I just think it's not fair to count that, you know, but... um. And the cultural impact this has had. It's just astounding. Really um, um, yeah, so he starts talking like the nostalgia critic and then realizes the depth of his mistake... Um, as he calls up, we get a, uh, prolonged Linkara cameo, which I was we not do. prepared for. Um, Linkara jump scare. Yeah, Linkara jump scare. And every time it cut back to him, even, like, in the middle of the scene, <laughs> I jumped. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just a guy who doesn't understand cinema. So, like, every time there's a cut in the movie, it's like, ah, where are we now? Shot <laughs> reverse shot, yeah. and he's just screaming. Spending <laughs> every other shot going like, oh, no, no, not again. <laughs> Guy with no object permanence watching. Like, no, the characters are dead now. Oh, he loves long takes, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's watching Stalker. He's like, it's so comforting. Like, the characters are just there. <laughs> the, the end whole. of Pearl, where she's just doing the monologue <laughs> yeah. into the camera. And he's like, this is incredible. This yeah, is he incredible. watches Birdman. And he's like, oh, I'm just Michael Keaton exists for the whole movie. It's awesome. Um, it's great. Every time it cuts from the A plot, he's like, guess we're switching movies. Yeah. Like, oh, this is crazy. Who are these guys? Um <laughs> Man, it is crazy that Luke Skywalker no longer exists. Um, but, uh, this has been guy with no object permanence watches movies. Yeah. It put me in the psych of film class. I would pose so many interesting questions. <laughs> you would. I'd go, what if a newborn infant watched Memento? What would they think of it since they the have doc- no object permanence? The, the professor that runs that class would definitely describe you as one of the students I hate to like. <laughs> which was something he said this week. Yes. Look. I believe I'm one of the students he hates to like, no. and I believe my roommate is as well. So. Look, I've I've made that list before. It's a it's a fine place to be. It is. It's perfect, actually. Yeah. Because they feel bad failing you because they like you. Yeah. But they're like, this person did have a mental breakdown halfway into the year and stopped showing up to class. Yeah. Wow. I haven't done that lately. Helps that we're only like a week into classes right now, but still. Yeah, that is true. We've made it this I'm far. actually a quarter of the way done with my semester. Good Lord. <laughs> wow. I forgot that you started so much sooner than I did. Yes. Well, congratulations on not having a mental breakdown yet. Yeah. It's great. 
fingers crossed. Um, I, uh, yeah, I haven't stopped showing up to my classes. I did drop one of my classes. Um, is there a particular reason or just overloaded your schedule? Uh, my schedule is a little overloaded. Um, it's also because I am no longer getting my teacher licensure. Um, oh. Yeah, I've just doubled down on grad school now. Um, nice. And admittedly, if my schedule wasn't so busy, I probably wouldn't have dropped the class because the issue was just that there was like a practicum, right? Like I had to sit in and yeah. do student teaching. Um, and unfortunately, and you pretty said much I'd rather all of, die than be around children. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, honestly, the worst part is I really did like doing the student teaching last semester. It was very fun. But this year I was going to be at a school that's just a little bit farther away. Oh, so um, it wouldn't have worked with your schedule because the community. Yeah. So it would have worked with my schedule, but I would have been like tearing through town um, just constantly. <laughs> that's funny. Basically. Uh, yeah, which is to say, no, it would not have worked with my schedule, but I would have made it work anyway. And I Why like, are you speeding? Advisable. I have to get to Psych 101. Yeah. Officer, I'm sorry. The children need me to teach them. Um, Jin Psych is waiting for me. <laughs> but anyway, and so between that and the fact that I've already been sort of shifting gears and going, I kind of want to just go and get a graduate degree. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But so anyway, but that class, I did have that professor last year, too. Um, and unfortunately, I really liked the education class I took last semester. So I walked in and it felt like I was like giving him divorce papers when I had him like sign Damn. the like course drop thing. At and my then, school, you don't have to get it from the professor. They do that oh, part really? for you. You Man. just have to go into the bursar's office. I wish. Yeah, no. So I had to go into the prof professor's office and go like, yep, sorry, goodbye forever. And then... An hour later, I realized that I had given him the wrong form to sign, and I had to show back up to his office and go, hi. So It's like seeing up. your ex at the grocery store. It's like seeing your ex at the grocery store because you have to serve them divorce papers again. Like, <laughs> You've lost the first set of divorce papers, and you have to buy, spend time and money on a second set of divorce yeah. papers and hand it to them again. And you go, hey, I know this was so fun the first time around. Let's do this again. Um, yeah, but other than that, semester's going fine thus far. Nice. Anyway, this has been College Talk. I've got some more College Talk for later, but for the time being, let's, um... Let's go back to Doug here. meeting God. Yeah, which is also him, oh, sort of. yeah, so he calls up Lindsay Ellis, and he's like, should I do the Nostalgia Critic again? And Lindsay just goes, no. Which, which I love. Yeah. She's absolutely right is the thing. She's oh she's absolutely right. I hate agreeing with Lindsay Ellis, but Yeah, she's right. She's like, You made a decision, stick with it. And Doug says, No. Um Doug says, I need the opinion of more people. Yeah. And so we get a few more. It's uh the cinema snob, I think is what the guy is called. But anyway, all this whole time, Doug is also being tormented by visions of the nostalgia critic, who is like mm -hmm. and mocking him. The ghost of nostalgia critics past, one might say. Um, oh, God. <laughs> Matt's in the hole. Uh, I'm waiting for him to climb his way out. I don't want him to miss a lot of the discussion. Okay, you're back. Good. Sorry, the nostalgia critic crashed my stream um, and started tormenting me. Uh, when we in this podcast... All right. When and if we end this podcast, I will 100% be tormented by visions of the nostalgia critic.
They will haunt my every night. I'm going to double down on my PTSD and uh, just really think about Doug. Okay, hang on. There's potential to this. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. Yeah. I th- Sorry And about that's that. what I think about minorities. Um, Sorry, what? Huh? Hmm, okay. Yeah. Don't cut any of that out, though. Um, no. I want the people to hear my true thoughts. I... Uh, <laughs> No worries, I got you. Anyway, sorry, now that I'm done talking for three hours about that. Uh, let's, let's let's get back to the nostalgia critic. Let's get back to Doug. Um, what were we saying? Um, I wish I remembered. It's been so long. Um, hang on. Uh, but yeah, no. Okay. So yeah. Please. Um. So he's being tormented by visions of the nostalgia critic. Uh, but everyone's telling him, don't go back to the Nostalgia Critic. So he's a little torn here. Yeah, except for one of them, I th- like I said, I think his name is Cinema Snob. I can't remember. They all look the same to me. He uh, he says, like, like, I don't care. Um, white guys with brown, curlyish hair. Yeah, which is, white guys with glasses. Yeah. Man, how awesome would it be if I was on Channel Awesome? <laughs> do you think I could... Hmm. Do you think we could become Channel Awesome contributors if we tried hard enough? That'd be really funny if we were hosted by Channel Awesome. Yeah, because I know it's only like two things now. I bet, I bet they're pretty desperate. <laughs> That'd be really funny to have someone that just criticizes <laughs> exclusively your products. Yes. And you're like, well, we host them now. And we're like, by the way, we're not changing our content. Just so you know. Just so you know, we're not selling out. We're still doing this. Yeah, we're we're not selling out. We're not sure how, frankly. Um, but they're just, they're, they're not stopping us. I like the, um, the smart car person. Yeah, I'm, yeah, Lindsay Ellis Fasc- is, like, accomplice. Fascinated by this, um, little portion, because it has no reason to be there, but it's a smart car parallel parking. For yeah. a good, solid, like, 15 seconds. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you want to talk long cuts. This one felt so much longer than it was. Because it is just Lindsay Ellis's friend, smart, like, just parallel parking her smart car. Um, it has a cutaway. Yeah, it's... A little time skip in there. Yeah, my God. Which, also, <laughs> it's a uh, smart car. Get it? Because they're, they're small, so they're easy to parallel park. Yeah, you're seeing it's... This sort of humor goes over most people's heads. That's why Lindsay really- Ellis was bullied off the internet. Um, people just didn't understand her powerful sense of humor. Um, but this person tells him that the haters are just haters, so don't be the nostalgia critic anymore, because I know everyone hated Demo Reel, but keep doing it. Yeah, and also as a side note, she shouts that at Rob Walker, not at Doug. Oh yes, um, at Rob Walker because she believes yeah. it's Doug. Rob Walker jump scare. Side note, um, a lot of jump scares in this. In yeah, this is a scary one. <laughs> you ever seen Insidious? Yeah, mm. this is almost as scary as Luigi's Mansion, I think. Um, Which is, as we know, very very spooky. scary. It's too scary, frankly. It um, is. They need to tone it down. They. Nintendo says that's for children. I'm sorry. Are you crazy? Yeah, I'm an adult and I cry every time I play Luigi's Mansion. <laughs> From the start of the loading screen, I'm weeping uncontrollably. 
Like I'm Kevin. Uh, no, hang on, not Kevin Smith. What's the name of the guy who did Clerks? Um, I don't know. Goodness, it's something Smith. He's the guy who like cries when he watches Marvel movies. I was gonna make fun of him, but my brain is so foggy right now. Um, <laughs> my God, this. I think it would be better for the show if I was off the wagon again, because good lord, this cold medicine has demolished my body and soul. Um, yeah. And has done almost nothing to help my cold, as you can probably hear, but that's all right. Love that. Maybe I'll go and purchase some whiskey immediately after recording. Uh-huh. Um, I'm just visibly looking for every any excuse I can possibly find to start drinking again. <laughs> like, well, I read on the internet once that that's a, uh, that's, a, that's a home remedy, so I'm going to buy a whole bottle of it and drink it all at once. I read on uh, the internet that red wine in moderation is actually good for you, so I'm going to drink this bottle of vodka, because I yeah. think you... <laughs> If red wine is a little good for you. In moderation, then alcohol in general is good for you. So it follows. I need to find the most alcoholic thing I can and drink all of it. Oh, dude, let me tell you. A couple days ago, I was going through through my roommate's old stuff because they've left a couple, like, you know, spices and things in cabinets. Mm -hmm. I saw a full bottle of vanilla extract sitting there. And, um... Matt. This is the most alcoholic thing you've ever said. I know. And that's the worst part about it. So I was like, man, I know I'm not an alcoholic, but oh boy, I looked at this for just a little bit too long before I put it back on the shelf. Um, like when you pour too many pills in your hand and you're like. Yeah. And you go, what? well, maybe we're triple dosing our Adderall today. Who knows? Um, well, treat. Yeah. Oh, that would be. I would love to. That's what I'll do. If I ever start drinking again, I'll just take like four or five Adderalls at the same time to help Famously balance everything out. Famously a good thing out. to do. Famously, for me specifically, it's worked in the past. It's good I for did. your liver, too. Good for my liver. My liver is evil and deserves to be punished. Um, and so I shall. Um, no, I um, Yeah. Famously, for me, it's worked out in the past. I did... You know, that is the semester that I had a nervous breakdown and failed all my classes. But I think it was unrelated to the vast quantities of stimulants and depressants that I was mixing within my body. Yeah. The lean created in your stomach is different than the thoughts that come from your brain. That's in the Bible. Um, (laughs) Sun Tzu, Art of War. Yeah. If your liver causes you to sin, poison it with alcohol, as the uh, (laughs) as the scriptures teach us. Yes. As Jesus told us. That's just written in red. Oh, dude, I have a red letter Bible now. Hell this yeah. This is awesome. This is so cool. I've never looked at one of those. It's before. like you can, it's like looking for the quotation marks in books and skipping over the like she said. You know, have what? you ever done that in your brain where you're reading no. a book and you just skip over the like she said in your brain? So you're just assume that you know who it's talking about and you just read the quotations. Oh, when well, you're like, I guess kind of, but like speed reading something. Yeah, I thought you meant, like, consciously only reading the dialogue. And I was like, that is an insane way to that approach a novel. That is an insane <laughs> thing to do. No. Whenever you're, like, trying to, like, skim through something. Yeah, and so you just sort of – I see what you're saying. Yeah, so you're just mm-hmm. looking at, like, the big block paragraphs and sort of, like, yeah. getting an idea. And doing yeah. that with the Bible, I think, is ideal. Because you just want to listen to the shit Jesus said, and the rest of it is uh, background lore. Yeah. But, oh, the man. The Bible is a lot like Dude, where you really got to get through that first half <laughs> where they do a lot of rules. And world building. <laughs> and then you get to that second half, and oh boy, is it worth it. <laughs> wow, that's an astonishing... There's also a giant worm. Oh, giant worms. Look, they they call them leviathans in the Bible, but basically the same thing, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, when 
the worm comes out of the ground and forces that guy to watch the city burn. You know yeah. what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. The giant worm swallows Jonah. Um, yeah. Crazy. It's crazy. The Bible being like Dune. I love a youth pastor being like, so we all know Dune. Yeah. Oh, could you imagine us trying to be youth pastors? Like, working off of our insane, like, just our insane group of references. We're like, <laughs> I'm sitting backwards in the chair, and I'm like, so we've all seen Apocalypto. Um, <laughs> talking you to know, a group of 13-year-olds. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine if in the middle of that, there was a crucifixion. That's basically the end of the New Testament. Um, but imagine if three days after you watched Faces of Death, all those people came back to life. Um, and he was going, what are you talking about right now? And you're like, this will make sense when you're older. Um, also a baller move as a youth pastor saying this will make sense when you're older. <laughs> youth pastor just giving a completely normal sermon and saying, give it a couple years. It'll click. Um, you cook. <laughs> Let this marinate for uh, about a decade or two. Yeah. <laughs> We've created some interesting uh, characters, I think, in this. Yeah, the punctual racist. Episode. Punctual racist. The us as youth pastors. Uh, us as youth pastors. Many beloved characters who I'm sure we will see many times. Okay, so Doug loves bringing up in this, like, part where he's, like, deciding whether or not to be the nostalgia critic. And basically, God appears. Oh, yeah, the like, plot hole shows up. Which, pl- which is the plot hole. Which I hated him being like, you know what's bad? Plot holes. And then the plot hole is, like, God. I was well, like, so this, of course, is a reference, naturally, to to boldly flee. Yes. Um, For our listeners at home who have not seen all of the um the Nostalgia Critic movies, we'll be watching this one in Christmas. Like I said, it means that we've done things a little bit out of order, but it's worth it because, oh man, much like Doug rewatching The Odd Life of Timothy Green, for us rewatching Demo Reel, we're back. We are so back. Everybody. Oh, we needed this. It was so over, but now we're so back. On much the like Demo Reel killed off the Nostalgia Critic and then brought him back. The demo reel has neither, nearly killed us, but we are coming back all the stronger. Yeah, we're coming back all the stronger. We are so back. It is so over in my personal life, but that's for the best, I think, in the, on, you know, as far as the podcast goes. As the song goes, uh, <laughs> what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, <laughs> but sometimes you wish it would have. Yeah. Uh, as the song goes, every rose has its thorn. In yeah. this case, this thorn, we found a rose attached to it, a very, a very small rose attached to this very rose, large thorn. I went thorn picking and you know what i found roses <laughs> i found some roses yeah dude i was out there collecting silver linings i found a cloud or two attached to them but i'm fine with that honestly yeah. <laughs> melting down the silver linings of clouds and like selling them like their copper wiring like <laughs> i'm a scavenger for silver linings yeah oh yeah i like to think that i approach good news like a heroin addict where i'm like okay what can i sell this for did that didn't make any sense did it no i kind of get it okay because i could like feel my brain melting as i said those words um no i get it it's like somebody gives you good news and you're immediately like what can i do with this to make it to give me what i want which is bad stuff yeah that makes more sense than what i was going for so we're gonna say that was the bit um (laughs) i'm not entirely sure what i was going for actually this Um. is sorry please continue um, the plot hole shows up. The plot hole shows up. And spends the next, like... Ten minutes talking to himself. Yeah, which, 
one of my, he brings this up three times where he's like, you made 20 minute videos every week. Yeah. And like, stop talking about your work ethic. Yes, it's impressive, but we don't care. Stop acting like, no, it's not impressive. Stop we acting do like it's impressive. every week. Yeah, we do two hours almost every week. Don't pay attention to last week. Yeah. Um, you know, we, <laughs> our work ethic is basically the same as Doug's. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then we get this triumphant, after Donnie decides to sacrifice himself, mm-hmm. um, because it's revealed that this was basically just the nostalgia critic in limbo. Um, yes, and we he's really, in purgatory, and I, the greatest punishment he could have was returning to the nostalgia critic, as he says. Yeah, which is pretty rough. We, we've sort of skimmed over it because there's not much to say about it. I really, I would encourage you all to watch The Review Must Go On because the sheer hatred in Doug's eyes when he's speaking as the nostalgia critic, especially in the, honestly, I kind of like it. It's kind of creepy looking. The shot of him in like the bathroom mirror where there's like several little reflections of the nostalgia critic. Yeah. It's very simple. But I think that Doug kind of does that sort of thing well, right? When he is not trying anything above his pay grade. He's just yes. doing like a simple sort of weird and creepy thing. Uh, and the nostalgia critic is just like, going like, you're pathetic. I hate you. You could never do anything without me. And you're like, it, it kind of works. It, it does. Works. Sort of I hate works. to admit it. Um, As I'm always saying. Kind of works. Kind of works. I hate to admit it. Demo reel? It's the sort of student you hate to love. Um, it is. Fortunately, it is. you don't love it. So it's not a difficult yeah. thing. <laughs> so you, you love to hate it, really. Yeah. You know, but this episode, I'd say I hate to love it. Part of it. Oh, boy. Hang on. I just got a rough still of Doug that we're going to send to the Discord. Perfect. (laughs) I love rough stills of Doug where it's just like real bad. My favorite are rough stills of, of Rob. Rough stills of Rob, which is really hard to say, um, are significantly better than rough stills of Doug. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, the shot of Rob looking towards Lindsay Ellis's friend is particularly dark. I don't know if that's what you're saying when my Wi-Fi got out, but... Yes, that is what I'm saying, um, is rough shots of Rob are better yeah. than rough shots of Doug. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, there it so is. it's in the Doug's wow. in there. <laughs> it reminds me of that wrestler's entrance image. I've talked about where they just shine lights on him and show how pale he is. And you know what? That is still so sick. I kind it's of respect. So good. Um, but yeah, so Doug, so Donnie merges with the plot hole because we didn't get enough of Doug talking to his characters when we watched To Boldly Flee. Doug apparently had some more to say, and then we get this triumphant mon- uh, montage of the nostalgia critic's greatest moments, mm-hmm. and then Doug turns towards the camera and triumphant music plays and says. I'm the nostalgia critic. I'm back. And we go, oh, good. The well, villain Lindsay won. Well, has the reaction that I'm assuming you're going to have next week. Yeah. Where she grabs a bottle of wine and chugs it. Man. Oh, you're right. Maybe I'll use our return to Doug as an excuse to start drinking again. <laughs> our return to the nostalgia critic. Yeah. I, yeah, I guess we've, we haven't ever left Doug. What a tragedy. Um, we will one day. One day we'll move on and review Spoonie. Yeah, I, I like the idea of sort of starting to do, you know, just broader channel awesome projects yeah. as we go forward, because I did watch a. Oh, boy, 
every now and then a Lindsay Ellis video pops up in my YouTube recommended feed. And because I hate myself, I always click them. And like a heroin addict, waiting for something to sell. Waiting for a score. And let me tell you, I hit the mother load in this one. Um, it's, um, she did some old show called Loose Cannon, spelled with one N. You see, it's a silly little joke. And I can't tell entirely what it's about. But she had a two-part episode on 9-11 and the way that it impacted media. And let me tell you, she is so angry at the fact that anybody doubts the official narrative around 9-11. She spends so much of the episode, like, angrily talking about, like, the the jet fuel can't melt steel beams crowd. Oh, my God. Um, And I don't want to talk too much about it yet because I was so angry watching this video that I almost sent it to you and said, like, we need to put off the demo reel finale so we can talk about (laughs) it. We couldn't put off the demo reel for now. We couldn't. Exactly. I accepted that. But after after we have JM, we need to talk about this. Because yes. I just... The most baffling thing that she said in the whole episode was these conspiracies are born of the fact that nobody can accept the fact that bad things just happen sometimes without a grand conspiracy. And I just want to come out and remind everybody, because I hear this about 9-11 a lot. I just want to come out and remind everybody. you believe it was a conspiracy, right? Yes. Thank you. I don't... It didn't just happen. You can talk about the scale of the conspiracy. You know what? And, like, I'm willing to have that discussion, right? I'm... You can say... conspiracy theories? But the actual conspiracy is real, right? A group of people did get together and say, we're going to do 9-11. Yeah. If you believe that Osama bin Laden had anything to do with 9-11 which most people do, then you believe that there was a conspiracy. Unless you believe 9-11 was an accident. Yeah. Yeah, four planes, they all accidentally took out box cutters and killed people yes. and then crashed them into buildings. Yes. Uh, and then Amy McGrath accidentally shot down Flight 93 over Pennsylvania, famously. <laughs> <laughs> I oh, did God. that again. I, I Once again, I accidentally alluded to Amy McGrath shooting down Flight 93 and then had to backtrack and explain the origin of that bit. Uh, Flight 93 was shot down, though. I, I'm back to believing that, as a side note. Um, okay. We'll get into this on the 9-11 episode. Maybe. Oh, oh boy. My passion for getting... podcasting is back. Um, Are you talking about doing a 9-11 special? Would I ever say that? No. <laughs> is that what I was thinking? Oh, yes. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Folks, we might have a treat for you. Maybe we'll get Roswell on. Uh, <laughs> I don't think Roswell would be on an episode that we release on 9-11 about 9-11. Well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Who knows? I'll, um, also, we will be recording Historic Esoterica soon, I hope. Um, I uh, will not make that joke, actually. But um, it's just me in the house. I am alone here. So I have so much free time to start doing research again, yeah. folks, which terrible news for me. Fantastic news for the people. I've been sitting around and thinking all day. I should not be doing that, let me tell you. But I've got some bits. How long have we been recording in total? Uh, Right now we're at about 50 minutes, the other almost 30 minutes. Okay, cool. Well, then we'll cruise for a few more minutes. Um, yeah. Let's see. Do we have any final thoughts on this? I'm trying to figure out. I'm trying to figure out how to sum up my feelings about this particular piece of media. Yeah, like this episode and then Demo Reel more broadly because I feel like we – Unlike Doug, we do need to address Demo Reel. Yes, we do. <laughs> um, Demo Reel, I think, was a bold experiment. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I do not, however, think it was a successful experiment. Yeah, we do always forget because we look back on a lot of bold things that worked, right? Like Hannibal crossing through the Alps. We're like, wow, that was a bold move. Mm-hmm. We do forget that Napoleon invading Russia during the winter was also a bold move. It was also a stupid one. Yes. Um, and that's sort of demo real. Yeah, that's I feel like our our two leads other than Doug definitely did the best with what they were given. And assuming neither of them have done anything cancelable, I think that they are less objectively bad. Yeah, assuming that they have never said the N-word angrily or, more importantly, been late to a recording. Um, Assuming Rebecca has never said the N-word. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. I (laughs) I think Tacoma's allowed to. Tacoma's technically... Yeah, we'll give him the pass. Um, We, the two white (laughs) podcasters, will give him the pass. I love the idea of you having to ask for the pass from, like, 12-year-olds playing COD. (laughs) Look, for better or for worse... If we're just looking at sheer volume of usage, it is kind of their word. Um, this is a bit, actually, that I've been thinking about for a while. You know, O.J. Simpson's If I Did It. Um, I keep thinking about just putting me on the cover of a book that just says If I Said It. And I'm also sitting there, like, smug, like smiling smugly at the, the audience. like, <laughs> And just like If I Did It, like, I'm describing how I feel immediately after saying it. It's like a rush of euphoria filled my body. Oh, my God. And I said, this is better than painkillers, but not quite as good as alcohol. Like um, an Yeah. <laughs> that's going to be my metaphor for everything now. <laughs> you know, it's just like a heroin addict. Yeah. Look, I, what can I say? I've been losing weight lately. I don't know why. I'm trying that's really not hard not to. It's not good. Um, but I'm on my heroin addict arc. I just heroin haven't tried any heroin yet. But uh, let me tell you, I've been looking hungrily at those clouds and soon... I will be able to afford it. Um, <laughs> um, I've been collecting silver linings so long I can afford heroin. Oh yeah, I've been collecting those silver linings, and soon I will. And that good them. news. Yeah, let me let me tell you. Um, <laughs> I uh, oh one other thing I will say about Demaria though I think part of why because we've had many guests have asked us this question right like why Doug Walker why are we so interested yeah. in him I think Demaria is kind of a actually a really good explanation as to why we specifically are i don't know about the audience mm-hmm. um but i think for me and obviously tell me whether i'm right about this with you but definitely for me right i um i have creative ambitions i've done other creative things i i've started writing a lot more recently mm. um which has been fun but i've spent so much time knocking doug's bad creative projects <laughs> That it's, I always kind of deep down have a fear that I'm like him. Right? Yes. Like, because Doug is someone who fundamentally doesn't understand what makes good art good, but is just close enough to getting what makes bad art bad that he could build a career off of trashing other unsuccessful art. But the yes. moment that he tried to make something that wasn't dedicated entirely to tearing other things apart, he was torn apart. And I think yeah. that's like the fascination for me is going like – I think inside all of us, there's a little bit of Doug, and we all need to admit that to ourselves before you I can take actually... communion in the Catholic way, but it's for Doug. <laughs> there's a little bit of Doug in me. <laughs> I believe in transmutation of Doug. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Transubstantiation all day long. 
Yeah, I'm like burning the bread and wine. I'm like, I'm just trying to hurt Doug. Um, you don't <laughs> everybody. You don't get it. But yeah, no, absolutely. There's, I, and I think you sort of need to, you need to reckon with that fact before you can actually make creative things without a ton of self-consciousness attached to it. Um, yeah, I think that you have to, in some way, be okay with the possibility that you are a little bit like Doug, right? Yeah. You yeah. have to be okay with maybe you are better at tearing other things down than building something up yourself. And maybe stepping outside of your box that you've put yourself in is going to be hard. Yeah, and I think also you will almost definitely be better at tearing things down than building things up. because I, Everyone is. It's, it's just so much easier, right? Like yeah. one person wrote Star Wars. Actually, I don't know that. Maybe multiple people wrote Star Wars. A small one group of people. One person is credited with. <laughs> yeah. One person is known for writing Star Wars. And think about how many people in the internet like built their careers off going like, why didn't they just cover up the hole? Right? Like it's yeah. it's much easier to make bad faith criticisms of art than to make like earnest or even not earnest, but like good art. Right. Um, I think, well, while I wouldn't go so far as to call it good, I think a lot of what brings me solace in that is that we aren't entirely reliant on Doug for content. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that definitely helps. <laughs> that helps a lot. Yeah, we, much like much like General Awesome, we have our own beloved side characters. We do. Um, it is crazy oh. that it is crazy that the punctual racist is only marginally more problematic than like bum reviews. Um, <laughs> like okay. he's just one tier lower. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so think about that, everybody, my listeners. Uh, I implore you. Ponder the birds of the heavens. My listeners, I implore you not to. Oh, yeah, our listeners. Um, <laughs> good Lord. Um, don't take cough syrup before you record things is the other thing I will implore you all. Or do. Or do. Yeah. Let us know. Should I uh, Should I start drinking again before recording? I'll put this one up to the listeners. Um, you have a poll that lasts for like one minute and the Doug zone is the only vote. Yeah, on I've, ger- <laughs> I've gerrymandered the districts. So I... <laughs> Somehow there's a single vote for yes, which very visibly is coming from like rural Virginia. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, somehow a supermajority has carried us out. Um, but anyway, everybody, your art will probably be a little bit bad. Don't try and build it to be plot hole proof. Just sort of embrace that it will be a little bit bad. And yep. I don't know, send it to your friends for their comments. Um, your friends will probably like reading it and if they don't get better friends yeah get better friends and also make better better art yeah Yeah. i was gonna say do a little bit of both um i think a good friend will read your bad art but will not be like dishonest about it and we'll say like this kind of sucks dude um a bad friend will not read your art and then tell you it's great yeah and a very good friend will read your bad art and tell you that it's great without giving no i'm just kidding um and be honest with your friends when they send you their art um be nice, don't be mean either. Yeah, don't don't be mean. If it's really bad, you know, maybe sugarcoat it a little bit. Um, tell if them it's you really like really bad and they're really earnest. Just yeah. Good luck. Exercise your best judgment. Lie a little bit to your friends when they send you their bad art. Be very yeah. honest when they send you their good art. Um. All right, this has been the Doug Zone. Teaches people how to have human interactions with their friends. Yep. Um. Thank you, listeners. By autism people for autistic people. By autistic people for autistic people. Um, yeah. Great art is like a puzzle. 
join us on the Patreon for a Loose Cannon episode. Spelled with two N's. <laughs>